witnessed the birth of evil. Are you a giant? Now, the secret behind his madness will finally be revealed. Only a river of blood can bring us together again. Counting on you to take us home this year. Now go have some fun. Welcome back, everyone, to the Scary Sci-Fi Sluts podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kenny. And I'm Brandon. And uh, what are we doing today, Brandon? I'm really excited. We are doing another horror film Halloween franchise in reverse. So last week we did Halloween 2018. So of course that means this week we are doing Halloween 2 2009 directed by Rob Zombie. Yeah and it's it's pretty crazy if you think about um the time jump between this one and the 2018 one that's a whole nine years and yeah. uh halloween of course one of the long-running horror slasher franchises of the past 40 years it's it's always interesting when a new one comes out and um i think some of them in the middle were like direct to dvd maybe or limited run in theaters and then some were theatrical and it's just for me I have a soft spot for Halloween. I kind of said this last time. It's always fun to see the new Halloween coming out. Good or not. I'm not going to say anything about this one yet. But yeah, so Halloween 2, 2009, like Brandon said, directed by Rob Zombie. This, of course, is a sequel to his 2007 uh, Halloween reboot, remake. Um, it's kind of both. Uh, I say it's mostly a remake. Um I'm really excited for when we actually do that one because I think that that movie is kind of split down the middle. People either love it or hate it um, for various reasons, but it, it's like it's definitely mostly a remake of the original Halloween with some reboot esque um, qualities to it. But sticking to this one for this week, uh, Halloween two released October no uh, August. 28th 2009 with a budget of 15 million dollars um so still relatively low but i'd say on the higher end for horror movies why did they do august i don't know um weird release date yeah you would think it'd be closer to september october but maybe the spots were taken uh with a worldwide box office of only 39 million four hundred and twenty one and $467, which if you look at it, um, typically marketing and stuff for a movie, they say like estimate almost half. uh, So almost double the budget, for example. So if this budget was 15 mil, uh, all things considered, if it cost almost 30 million with marketing, although probably a little less, it's not a huge budget movie. um, It turned profit, but not that much. Um, as far as ratings go, uh, this one was pretty drastically different from the previous one, um, Rob Zombie's remake. 
uh, a Metacritic score of only 35. The average um, viewer rating on IMDb was 4.8 out of 10. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 21% from critics. So definitely rotten. And then a 45%, you can give one of these. <laughs> 45% also rotten from the audience score. Um, do you, any, any background with this movie? Did you go see it in theaters? Do you have any recollections? It's my first time seeing it. Oh, really? I don't know if I've seen any of the Rob Zombie ones. Um, oh, you haven't seen the 2007 remake? I don't think so. Um, it's definitely oh. going to be interesting going backwards uh, to, uh, to notice all the ones that I haven't seen or if yeah. any of them are kind of coming back to me. Um, but so far, nope. No recollection of this one. That's really interesting because I've seen this one maybe two or three times. Um, I I think I did see it in theaters when it came out. And one thing I noticed a lot when watching it this time was I feel like all my opinions about the movie aside, one thing it did really well was it was paced and kind of um, the story was written in a way to where you didn't need to see the previous one. You could still kind of get what was going on. How'd you feel about that? I I personally felt like this one, you could watch it without any previous knowledge and it would still all make sense. Like the way it's shot chronologically and uh, like everything still made sense. Yeah, I think it was very fluid and you didn't really need to know what was going on. I think it was one of those movies where you could just kind of throw it on in the background and you don't have to pay close attention because it's just kind of like moving forward in a way. So like there's no small details or anything like that, that you really need to pay close attention to. I think there was little things that you could figure out or like look deeply and find out if you were like a big fan, which hopefully you'll be able to shed some light on that. Um, But overall it was pretty easy to, to watch. Were there any moments where you're like, I don't really know what's going on. Like, I don't know what they're talking about or something uh most of the white horse stuff mm, i think that's all of us. <laughs> um but as we talk about that more um there it is interesting watching it if you go back and look at some of rob zombies um talks about the white horse and stuff that he's released about it um other than that there wasn't really much that like i didn't really figure out yeah so that, that's one thing I do appreciate about the movie is, um, especially since we're doing this, this review series backwards, mm-hmm. um, I think for certain people, it can like, some of the movies are, might be a little challenging for, for some of the listeners if they haven't seen them all, or like if you haven't seen them all, going from one back to another one, if they're like direct sequels, which this one is. Um, some of the things can get a little tricky, but I feel like this is a series where it's like, you go into it knowing who Michael Myers is. You go into it knowing who Laurie Strode is. That's all you need to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. People die in between. And that's that's basically the Halloween franchise. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cool, cool to hear it from a perspective from someone who hasn't seen it before. Yeah, I mean, this movie is like what? Their eighth Halloween movie or somewhere in there. So yeah, I want to say- We can definitely walk into it knowing what the agenda is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess while, while we're here talking about some of the, 
behind the scenes stuff like you were mentioning with the white horse why don't you give the audience a little rundown of, of what that whole deal is because rob zombie definitely wants us to pay attention to this white horse in this movie jesus christ he just about shoves it down our throat basically the white horse was supposed to be a symbol of like persistence and rage and just all around weird psychosis crap that's going on in Michael's head. Yeah. I mean, they, they show that title card at the very, the opening shot of the movie. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hey, forget everything you know about Michael Myers, pay attention to this white fucking horse. Like, okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I, I barely read that note card when it came on the screen. Mm. Uh, and then immediately the next scene over we get the white horse that he's playing with in the hospital and sounds like oh my god so i guess that was something i should have paid attention to um and then yeah i guess uh rob zombie has just done interviews where he's talked about it and he said that like really it was just kind of a use as um like a direction for the movie so like a like a scapegoat almost of how to get Michael Myers to be so crazy and yeah. full of rage. Um, and he said there wasn't really much importance past the white horse. He said it could have been a fire truck or really anything. <laughs> um, what a much better movie that would have been if Mike was just following a fire truck everywhere, <laughs> just in the middle of the woods, boom, a fire truck. <laughs> so that was pretty interesting because he, he kind of put all this importance on the white horse to guide his film. But then he says <laughs> on his later, wife. <coughs> oh, but then he says later that it really wasn't even important, and then he could have done anything. Yeah. So. But of course, he had to do his wife because of nepotism. Is that who played the the lady? His his mom, yeah, Sherry Moon Zombie. She's in every uh, single one uh, of his movies, and um, this is you know going back to the the 2007 remake of Halloween, but. You know, they Rob Zombie loves showing gratuitous violence and nudity in his movies. And in the first one, his mom plays a stripper, but of course, she's the only person you don't see strip and get naked. Everyone else is Come naked. And all the characters, the entire even Mike Myers in the movie is naked, except for Sherry Moon Zombie. It's like why cast her in the fucking role, dude. <laughs> Gotta at least follow through. Come on. Right. Um Right. You want me to get into uh, some more of the trivia before we go further? Uh, let, let me uh, let's run down some of the uh, the background stuff first, and we'll we'll hop back into that. Um, so, of course, directed by Rob Zombie, who, like I said, is is well known for his gratuitous violence, gore, um, almost like borderline torture porn movies. Um, he's done. Are stuff we watching like... Saw? <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't done a Saw movie, honestly. He's, it, he's too much torture porn for them. And that's saying. Yeah, they're like, James Wan's like, no, don't bring him in. Please don't. It's too <laughs> much. Um, but he's done things like uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, which I haven't seen yet. Um, actually, I don't think I've seen many of his movies. I know a lot of him. Um, of course, he was a musician first, and it's like grunge metal type stuff. Oh, God. Um, is is good for if you need a heavy lift. You know, you got to get that last rep. You play some Rob Zombie, and it's mm. it's not too bad. Uh, so House of a Thousand Corpses, he did, like, um, The Devil's Rejects. I have seen, I think, most of that one. Um, <clears throat> and then I think there's a sequel to that. There's a movie called 31. All of these movies are just kind of about, like, 
shitty kind of white trash i don't know if they're satanic or something but like yeah shitty white trash people killing other people for fun and just a lot of cussing a lot of violence a lot of gore no no real substance to these movies from what i've um seen and read and uh this is just kind of his wheelhouse is what rob zombie likes and it's definitely apparent in this movie when we'll get into it more as we move along the plot but there's definitely scenes where i was just thinking like okay rob you can stop here you don't need to keep like lingering on the shot for 10 minutes we get it but he does it anyways for whatever reason i don't know if he thinks he's sending a message if he thinks it's symbolic or something i i don't know um but cinematographer for the movie brandon trust uh this guy i was looking him up and he he actually has he's done quite a few movies and it's an interesting portfolio so outside of doing halloween 2 he's done things like can you ever forgive me which was a a recent oscar nominee i don't i don't think it won maybe it won for uh, like one or two for best supporting actress or something it's a melissa mccarthy movie based on a true story um, oh is that the one with the, the letters or yeah she writes the fake letters i haven't seen it but i've heard good things i wanted to see that yeah I, I heard it's pretty good um disaster artist neighbors and neighbors Two, the night before that awkward moment this is the end and ghost rider 2 or some of his like big name ones it's really really interesting choices yeah. like i don't know it seems like he mostly does comedies and then ghost rider 2 and and then this movie um how do you feel about the, the cinematography in this uh well i can definitely see the the relationship between this and this is the end because it kind of has like that same dark theme to it um where you know kind of like flashes like bright and dark and um i don't know if you notice kind of like some of the similarities between that if you've watched this is the end recently um i haven't seen it recently but i I fucking love that movie um yeah um one thing i'd say about that is like nothing spectacular when it comes mm -hmm. to the lighting department in in that one and really i've seen some of these movies and it's kind of the same deal just like whatever just it's fine like nothing yeah it's just real dark and yeah um and so yeah in this movie it's it's definitely I feel like most of the scenes aren't even lit at all. <laughs> it's like Alien versus Predator Requiem where the entire movie is just black and you can't see shit. Um, it's similar. Uh, there, there are definitely a lot of light and dark. Um, like there's a lot of contrast in this movie, which I think is Rob Zombie thinks he's being, you know, an artist or something. He wants everything done a certain way and everything's super dark. And then you have some scenes that are, contrasting and whatever definitely a big uh 180 from the halloween 2018 which was pretty well lit yeah yeah that one cinematography was there's actually like good things to to say about the cinematography in that movie yeah um movie was produced by dimension films which is you know well known for doing movies like spy kids from dust till dawn uh the scream series the scary movie series death proof the crow um the mist piranha yeah so a bunch of like horror-esque thriller type movies and then spy kids 
um, Spectacle Entertainment Group, which has produced a lot of Rob Zombie's movies. So House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, Halloween 20, uh, 2007 and 31. Uh, Tronkas International again um, for the international production of the film. And then uh, Maleka Cod is back for this one. Then who do we have in some of these roles? Well, like you mentioned before, we have Sherry Moon Zombie, which sounds like the fakest name ever made up. And of course, she's Deborah top Myers. on the list. <laughs> top billing. She got all the monies. <laughs> uh, Chase Wright Vanek as Young Michael. Uh, which is funny. funny Alton. note here about Young Michael. You haven't seen the 2007 remake, but this is a completely different actor than who played oh young Michael gosh. in that one. And um, I remember when I first saw this, I was really disappointed that they, they recast the actor. Apparently the, the actor, you know, kids grow really quick and he got a lot taller and maybe lost some weight or something. So Rob Zombie didn't want to cast him again, but that kid, he did a fantastic job playing young Michael in the first one. He was like super scary he would have these like dead eye stares and it, it, I, I truly felt like he was going to murder someone in that movie, like just Damn. for funsies. Um, so you got me excited for the next one. Yeah. So um, you'll see when we, when we get to the next one, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. And this kid was kind of just a whiny little bitch. Yeah. He wasn't scary at all. <laughs> uh, like I said, Scout Taylor Compton as Laurie Strode. Uh, Brad Dourif as Sheriff Lee Brackett. Uh, we've got Caroline Williams as Dr. Maple. I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell as Dr. Samuel Loomis, who he's kind of got one of those faces that I had to look him up to see if he was in any of the other Halloweens, like the originals. Mm-hmm. Do you know? No, he's, he's he was just He was in the 2007 one. Um, okay. In a much better role, I say. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of a old school actor. He's been around for a while. His most uh, famous role was in A Clockwork Orange, which is a hmm. Stanley Kubrick film. Um, another thing I've seen him in is, do you remember that movie Doomsday that came out kind of around this time? It was about a like a pandemic that broke out in uh, in the UK and then the government decided to like isolate it to Scotland. So they built a wall around Scotland and basically told them to fuck off. And so everyone was like either dying or dead in Scotland, but you had some immune people who it's really weird. It's almost like Mad Max style where they would like live in castles and shit. And like they started going cannibal and start eating, um, eating each other and fighting. And sounds like something we should watch next. It's a really good movie. I had a lot of fun watching that shit. But yeah, Malcolm McDowell's in it. Okay, so pretty big name. Uh, Tyler Maine as Michael Myers, which uh, if you listen to the first episode that we did, obviously this is a little bit different because uh, there's only one actor playing it and we do get to see his face a lot. Uh, in the 2018 version, there's two actors. Tyler Maine, he, so he's reprising the role from um, the 2007 remake. And okay. this guy, I, I think he's like one of the best cast for Michael Myers because he is intimidating as fuck. This guy's like seven foot something, huge guy. Um, and I don't know if you remember much of uh, the OG X-Men movies, but he actually played Sabretooth 
in I think the first two X Men movies. That makes sense. So I thought it was really good he, casting. I think he uh, he did just about as much speaking as he did in that film. Yeah. Dayton Kelly as Coroner Hooks. Skip off. None of these people are really important. Well, what about Octavia Spencer? She's got uh, a, a face we've seen in a few films. Yeah, so she's, um, this is, I don't want to say it's one of her earlier roles, but I feel like she wasn't quite as big at this time. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, late, late 2000s. And she was, this right after this point is, I feel like when her career really jumped off and she started getting bigger roles and like getting yeah. nominations and stuff. And she has a very, very small role in this movie, like two minutes, maybe less of screen time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, and then the last important person I think here is Danielle Harris who plays Annie Brackett and you don't have any background knowledge of Danielle Harris yet you will Um, really I love this this casting choice so she was of of course in the 2007 remake playing Lori's friend Annie Um, but she actually or is it lover it can be both because I got some I got some notes in here (laughs) She actually goes way back with the franchise and was the main star in Halloween 4 and 5. Um, mm-hmm. She plays, uh, her name's Jamie, and she was, I want to say she's the daughter of Laurie Strode in those movies. Um, and, you know, of course, she was a little kid back then, early 90s or something. And I, I just, she was just really good actress in those films for a kid actor. And even in these ones, like in this one, uh, I thought she did pretty good. She was probably the the best actress out of the bunch, maybe one of them. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I read some trivia that she was tied up with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis for a while of uh, reprisals for the Halloween series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's been in. So now she's been in four. I guess I don't know. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis has been in Halloween one, Halloween two, H two O resurrection oh and now with the new ones she she beat out danielle harris that's probably why she did these movies she's like fuck you danielle (laughs) you trying to take my crown i'm going to be in more than you guess who's coming back for the next one (laughs) danielle harris surprise (laughs) bitch um all right so we can bump into some more of the interesting facts you got yeah so not too many Uh, um like we already mentioned uh that the danielle harris uh reprising her role Mm-hmm. Um, so this one I thought was pretty interesting uh, Rob Zombie originally stated that he would never do a sequel to Halloween 2007 until the studio decided to just make it without him so then he signed on to write and direct because he didn't want anyone else to ruin his vision yeah so I remember hearing a lot about this that tells me that you can pretty much bully an actor or a director into doing whatever you want because mm-hmm. the studio is going to do it no matter what yeah, especially with a franchise like this, like there's no way in hell they're just gonna leave it be. Um, they're they're gonna keep turning them out over and over and over and over and over again. So, can you tell us a little bit if you remember about the 2007 Halloween? How much did it make to make them really want to go forward with a sequel? Um, it was definitely more than this movie. Let me look it up. But I know for sure it was more than this one. And then, like I mentioned earlier, critically, it was received better, um, I think, by audience and by critics. So IMDb has it all the way at the bottom of the page. So the budget was the same, 15 mil. And then um, 
worldwide 80 mil. So 80 mil compared to 35 is quite a bit more. So they were they were absolutely going to make a sequel no matter what. Rob Zombie was just, I don't know. He, I think he said he was like too exhausted from making the first one or something. Um, so he didn't want to come back. But trying to keep his vision intact, like good luck, dude. Yeah. Sign up for a Halloween movie. It's not some standalone Netflix film, you know. <laughs> um, the word fuck and its derivatives are used 112 times in this film. That's it. Which, yeah, that's kind of a low number for some of these more recent films. Wow, I was thinking it felt like it was 200. It felt like Jason Statham was in this movie or something. <laughs> um, uh, he was also, I feel like he was trying to... Uh, to take the title, take the crown from uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I, of course, that mm-hmm. came later, but I think that's... Does that have the, the number one use of fuck in a movie? Still? I think it's like in the 200s, if not 3s. Yeah. This... yeah. Something like that. Good film. <laughs> uh, so another uh, way of the, the producers and um, film industry bullying around Rob Zombie is... The theatrical cut ending was a reshoot uh, enforced by the Weinsteins. Um, the original ending saw all principal characters, including Laurie, killed off, which didn't go over well with them. Uh, to keep the possibility of yet another sequel open, Zombie was forced to reshoot the ending where Laurie survives. Makes sense. And that actually makes me think, um, I, I think, is the one we watched the unrated cut? Because there's there's multiple cuts of this movie, and I saw because I saw this one in theaters. I don't remember if the ending was exactly the same. Um, we at least watched the director's cut because I know that's the only one that has that little note card in the hmm. beginning. Oh, it is. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe when I saw it in theaters, it didn't have that. It was a long time. It's two thousand nine, so I don't remember, but. I, I do think this one has some different stuff than, than what I saw in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, popular fan theory of fans of the Halloween franchise is that Rob Zombie's original intention was that Michael Myers died when Laurie shot him and all of his appearances in the film were a hallucination. And in the end, uh, it would have been revealed that all the murders Michael committed were actually committed by Laurie and that she hallucinated Michael doing them. Um, let's see uh, she hallucinated Michael committing them due to developing dissociative identity disorder because of the trauma of the first film um, Lori's inclination to insanity has been confirmed by Zombie in his commentaries and the making ups uh, hmm. I thought that could make a really interesting third film if they did go with that theory Mm-hmm. in which we see Lori committing all the murders and there's no sign of Michael anywhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think, um, because that, that makes me think a lot of Hereditary. I think Hereditary did that really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the movie, it builds up to this, this point where you're thinking like, is the mom just schizophrenic? Um, yeah. And it, it's intentional, I think, that, that uh, Ari Aster did that. But I think towards the very end, it kind of gets to a point where it's like, nope, it's definitely not schizophrenia. She, there's definitely something else going on. And I, I like that idea with this. Um, I'm trying to, trying to think back on the movie and think about 
if there were any parts where it would detract from that. But I don't, I don't think so. I think for the most part, like you could, if this was, the movie was cut together a little differently, you're like, you could pretty much just play it that way to where all of it was done by Lori and it's all hallucination. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I like the theory. I just think it's a little too little too late. And it's one of those things where it's a good intention. And then like the, the fans come up with this theory or like he kind of just takes off of it and he's like, Oh yeah, that was my, my idea for the film. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it just reminds me a little bit of like, um, uh, what the hell is her name? The lady who wrote Harry Potter and how she's always releasing things. Oh yeah. Like 20 years after the fact, she's like, Oh yeah, no Dumbledore was gay. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get quit playing around. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, I could see him hijacking them. Be like, yeah, I, I was that artistic. It was really like that. Rob Zombie. <laughs> like, come on. Um, yeah. Anything else? I think that's about it. Um, nothing too crazy. There's an interesting note about um, Scout Taylor Compton. She had described her character as having bipolar moments where her emotions are sp- spontaneously changing from moments of happiness to agitation that Rob Zombie, when directing her, wanted to see Laurie Strode travel into really dark places. Um, and I didn't really see much of that. I saw more of a schizophrenia. Yeah, I just saw a annoying bitch. <laughs> I don't think she knows what bipolar is. Yeah, maybe she's just not a great actress. Maybe it's uh, Rob could Zombie's be it. directing. I don't know. Um, yeah, I yeah. guess we can uh, start jumping into it with the summary uh you good to go uh, i think so i think i got past all of your hidden jokes all right i'll think so so we are introduced to a young mike myers no not the mike myers of austin powers fame as weird al suggests later on in the film but the michael myers the infamous masked killer Young Mike is in Smith's Grove Sanitarium talking to his mother about a white horse as Rob Zombie nearly physically assaults the viewer with his white horse metaphor. And literally, there's a giant title card at the start of the movie about the white horse. Fucking Rob Zombie. Myers' mom explains to him that the white horse doll he, he has can be a symbol for him to remind himself of his mother. And he takes this message quite literally. Now, before we move on, um, I think there was a good 10 years where I was confused by the whole Mike Myers, Michael Myers thing. <laughs> You're like, Shrek? Shrek? <laughs> He's also a killer? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting turn of events. Method actor. Um, so we then fast forward to Halloween night, 15 years later, following the aftermath of Mike's brutal massacre in Haddonfield. Lori... Battered and broken, is taken to the hospital, thinking she killed Mike, and ending her nightmare. Much to her dismay, she wakes up in the hospital and finds young Octavia Spencer walking around with her mouth slashed open as Mike peeks his head around a corner to say hello. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Myers chases Lori throughout the hospital and finally corners her and literally brings the axe down on her. So this beginning part, um, I personally really, really enjoyed this hospital sequence because have you seen the original sequel, Halloween 2? Wait, what? Have, have you seen Halloween 2, like the original sequel? 
No, I did see a note in there that you had said that um, it was familiar. I, I might have seen it. The the hospital scene where you're outside and it's raining a ton and she's running away, that did seem pretty familiar. So I don't yeah, know if that so was from the original. Basically, the entire Halloween 2, the original one, takes place in the hospital. Um, hmm. it, it all takes place that same night. And uh, Lori gets transported to the hospital. And then Mike, of course, isn't dead and then follows her to the hospital. Um, but I, I feel like that movie has kind of split opinions. Um, it's really good, in my opinion. But seeing this opening scene where Lori's being transported to the hospital, I was like, fuck yeah, are they just going to remake Halloween 2? Is it going to be a direct mm -hmm. remake following the first one? Um, right. Of course it's not. This turned out to be a, a dream sequence. But I, I still really enjoyed it. Um, I feel like most of it was pretty well shot. And, uh, you know, you're, you're pretty scared for Lori when Mike just pops up. Um, how'd you feel about the hospital sequence? I thought it was really good. I mean, getting right into the beginning of the movie, um, seeing all the gore and like coming from Halloween 2018, where it was a little bit more tame and like they had their kills, but it was definitely not on this level not like of gore. This. Yeah. I loved the attention to detail with like the injuries and her cut wounds. I thought they were all very realistic. And I think just jumping right into it, it felt pretty intense because, you know, we, we opened right into it and, not having seen the first Halloween, uh, 2007, it kind of just was a little bit crazy, like getting right into it. Mm -hmm. um, well, you're thought, in for a wild ride. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Like, you know, having the benefit of going backwards, it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah. One thing though, I'm personally not a big fan of, of how gratuitous Rob Zombie is with his gore. It's mm -hmm. like, he just wants everyone to see it's, it's like his highlight, like, Hey, look, I know how to use practical effects and, I know how to make it look like people are really dying and all that shit. And um, before we get to the hospital, when it's, it's still like the previous Halloween, when Mike is being transported by the coroners and uh, they're driving and there's this stupid, I don't even know why it's in there. It's scene of these, these two drivers talking about fucking dead bodies and because it's, because it's Rob Zombie. Um, they like crash into a cow, explode the cow. And of course we have to see the exploded cow with all its guts and innards and stuff. And then uh, there's a scene where um, a part where one of the drivers is still alive, but he's like pinned down and Mike gets out of the car, picks up some glass and goes and saws his head off. And of course we have to watch the entire sawing of the head off because Rob Zombie wants us to see it. Cause he thinks it's so cool. And any other competent director would just I, I don't know there's a better way to do this like if you want to show him sawing the head off that's cool but I would like if I were directing this it would be we see Mike picking up the glass we see the the person going like oh fuck eyes wide open and then we see the the glass coming to his neck but instead of showing all the muscles and tendons and sinew being cut cut off like Rob Zombie does just cut to the next scene of Mike holding the head up or something like that's way more scary, you know? Well, and really what it looked like was like, he had his like intestines coming out, which I had no idea were in your throat. <laughs> Rob Zombie taking anatomy class. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's a good example of a, a perfect scene turned shitty because I did love when they hit the cow and 
they crashed the one guy his face totally exploded which they they showed just enough of that where the guy that was you yeah know, that was fine it's like okay that was good that's pretty and gross we get to see the other guy who's struggling and it looked like his jaw was broken and it mm-hmm. it did convey a lot of trauma and he was really struggling but then it we sit there for another 10 minutes as michael like kills him and yeah it's just not necessary so it, yeah if he would have cut way earlier or like you said sped through it didn't show us some of it kind of like halloween 2018 mm-hmm. it would have been a lot better yeah but i i don't think rob zombie knows how to do that and you'll see that especially as we get to the the previous movie too like he just this is just his signature like he just loves oh, to revel in the gore <laughs> and it's like i don't know if he's actually getting off by it or something like he's standing there he's sitting there in the director's chair like spanking it while he's like watching the, the actors do this thing it's it's just weird like Sometimes you got to tone it down and he doesn't know how to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So then uh, in the hospital scene, of course, it uh, Mike corners down Lori and eventually kills her. And that's when she wakes up and realizes it's a dream. Um, so, yeah, I, I was not, I was not fooled by this at all. Uh, yeah. Especially with him closing it on her and that quick. Yeah. He was about to kill her within like the first 20 minutes of the film. I was like, there's yeah. no way this is it. Unless it was going to be a big plot twist, like that's actually what happened, and then the movie's about something else. <laughs> or if it did end at 25 minutes, would have been a 10 out of 10 film. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Um, yeah, so Myers brings the axe down on her. Psych. If you're thinking this is going to be a remake of the original H2, you're wrong. We fast forward to the present where Lori is living with her best friend Annie, who survived Myers' onslaught the previous year and her father, Sheriff Brackett. Turns out that Myers, presumed dead after Lori shot him last year, has been missing since that night. This causes a fear to linger in the Brackett household, and Lori frequently has nightmares or maybe strange visions of her connection with Myers. So I feel like when we jumped forward to this and we found out that it was a dream um, and that it was a year later, I thought that was really stupid because I don't feel like he would have taken a whole year to come back. I feel like he would have come back to the the town immediately. Yeah, I don't really know time-wise like what was going on here. Um, Because yeah, it it took an entire year for him to slowly chamber his way back to Haddonfield. And well, they kind of made sense of it later in the film. Like I think one point when the the ghost is talking to him and she's like, okay, it's time to go back. Kind of like she's like checking her watch, looking at the calendar book, like, wait, yeah, too early. You got to slow down, Mike. (laughs) Um, So that was kind of like the reasoning for why he wasn't immediately going back, but it just felt really stupid. Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. It's kind of a constant in the Halloween franchise is like, Mike decides to go places whenever he wants and he'll take his time, stop at the in and out drive through, go, <laughs> go get a cup of coffee or something, meet up, catch up with old friends, catch up with Jason and, uh, and Freddie. And then, and then he's like, Oh shit, it's Halloween. I got to go guys. I got to get back yeah, to heaven. We, we all got to clock in. Soon. <laughs> I know they're, they're all sitting there drinking their cup of coffee. And they're like, Oh shit. I got to go kill people. I'm going to go kill some kids. <laughs> Hey, Freddie, I think you drank coffee a little too late. You're not going to be able to get to sleep. But... <laughs> uh, so Dr. Samuel Loomis is off doing book tours, making tons of dough on his recounts of Halloween night the previous year. 
and his studies of Myers and his family. Uh, he faces much hate and criticism from the community and nearly becomes a laughing stock when he is interviewed on a show hosted by Weird Al and Chris Hardwick. Sure, why not? I really, I don't understand why the, that scene existed. Like, I don't know. I if- read the, the trivia before getting to that scene that Weird Al was in it and I was like, mm-hmm. huh, that could be interesting. I wonder like who he's going to get murdered by or like what scene he'll be in. No, he's just a show host. I don't know if he's buddy buddy with Rob Zombie and he's like, hey, throw me in your movie or something or like for sure he owes a favor or something. But like it was just so out of place, so out of the blue, left field makes no sense. And they're only there like you see Loomis on it for like 30 seconds or something and it was just cut it out like cut this entire part out there's no need for this to be in the movie save the viewers this five minutes like i don't know did you find dig up anything on why weird owls in it no um and i bet you it was supposed to be longer with more footage of the (laughs) i bet it's like a 20 minute scene (laughs) and they had to cut it down to that um i have no idea that's that's all, it's all yeah. zombie. He probably shot 30 minutes of this talk show scene, but then the studio was like, why is this in here? Cut it out. And then Rob Zombie is thinking they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I owe Weird Al. I got to make sure he's in this movie. So he turns it down to like two minutes. Meanwhile, Myers, who's very much alive and looking like David Harbour as the Red Guardian and Black Widow, minus the Russian accent and beer belly, has been roaming around like a drifter letting his beard grow long and probably using his mask as toilet paper or something because he sure as shit only wears it half the time. Mm. He wanders aimlessly, sort of, possessed by hallucinations or visions of his younger self, his mother, and a white horse. That same fucking white horse. We got it, Rob Zombie. We see the white horse. He must have seen The Walking Dead season three and wanted to copy Rick seeing Lori. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you feel about all this wandering that he does? Like, I feel like they should have played some dramatic, you know, sad music in the background. Um, <laughs> this makes me think of, uh, I don't know if you remember, but in, in season four of The Walking Dead, where the governor, he goes on his like epiphany mission after he fails to take over the prison. And, uh, you know, he grows out his long beard and he's off venturing into the wasteland and comes across his family and we kind of see like this redemption arc in the governor and um, there's, there's this great uh, montage where he's like, we see him roaming around and he's got nowhere to go. He's on his own. And they play the last pale light in the West in the background. And um, this, this reminded me of that. I was thinking like, if they played that song in the background here would have been really funny just to like, like, Oh, come on, Mike cheer up you got this you're not alone you've got family (laughs) yeah i thought it was pretty useless um i think this would have been perfect for trailers and then like you cut it out of the film um because there was definitely some cool scenes of like him killing people but i think overall for like the story arc it could have been cut out it did nothing it adds nothing to the story it just adds pointless time to the movie yep yep pointless time um we we just it ups the body count and here's the thing is 
none of these kills I'm, I'm speaking about the whole movie overall including like this section too but none of these kills are inspired none of these kills are amazing like cool you can show off blood and guts and intestines and stuff anyone can fucking do that like if you're gonna have a 20 plus body count in this movie or whatever it is make some of these cool make some of these exciting and i don't feel like They're any different. of these yeah. are you know yeah and you're just overplaying your hand there because we get it after the 20th one mm-hmm. so on halloween night one year after michael's rampage Lori finds out from dr loomis's book that she is actually angel myers the sister of michael she decides to go out with her friends and celebrate her shitty life by partying at the single coolest Halloween party ever. Uh, Michael begins another killing spree while venturing towards Haddonfield and eventually meets up with Lori and her buddies. Uh, he's like that friend who's always late and then on top of showing up late, starts killing your friends. It's classic. <laughs> um, that Halloween party was sick. I would go to this Halloween party every single year if this existed. Like it's dimly lit, like smoke machines, red lights everywhere. Everyone's dressed up, which I feel like normally Halloween parties, everyone's just super slutty and like half the people are dressed up and everyone's just trying As to fuck. they should be. Right. But everyone's got cool costumes on. Like people are taking it seriously. You got a, a Dracula vampire live band going on. Like, <laughs> And yeah, there's it was a boobies everywhere. Like, there's nothing wrong with this party. I would go. It's a cool party. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, and this is where we, uh, we get the scene of Michael again on his killing rampage. He goes to the rabbit in red where um, this will make more sense in when we get back to the first one. But this is where his mom worked as a stripper. Um, you kind of get a, a glimpse of it on I think on the outside it says like oh home of whatever Deborah Myers the mother of Michael Myers or whatever so Michael shows up and uh kills the owner the security guard or something yeah whatever the pimp the guy that looks like knockoff Sasha Baron Cohen <laughs> I totally thought it was him at first I was like wait what is that is that you <laughs> um and then the stripper and this is where, um, so reminding our fans, last time we reviewed Halloween 2018, we introduced a couple categories for the series and one of its best kill, one of its worst kill. And this is where I think is my best kill for this movie. And it's going to be him killing the stripper. Nice. Um, so best kill because A, boobs. Uh, <laughs> and B, because... So he like chases her down. Of course, she's naked. Of course, he chases her down in the strip club and grabs her. She starts fighting back and then rips off half of his mask. And there's this very quick moment where I think the best directed shot of the entire movie <laughs> where you see this, this like gleam in Michael's eyes that he's fucking pissed. Um, and I thought that was really really good acting from from uh tyler made from just his eyes his eyes and like a little bit of face you see it like twitches and you see him like go like this and uh good good directing there the camera was extreme close up you see it all and then him so pissed he just takes her face and starts smashing it over and over and over 
uh, into the, the window until her face, you see her face like rips off and stuff. Um, seeing the face, not really necessary. Like, you, you don't, we don't have to see that, but Rob Zombie, of course, whatever we have to. Um, yeah, for, for me, best kill there out of all the uninspired, non-exciting kills of this movie. I thought that one actually had some some weight to it because that added element of seeing Mike get really mad. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd you feel about this, this scene, him killing the, the uh, bouncer security guard who like has to look up to him? No, I'm sorry, no security guard is gonna be like, hey, you stupid fucking motherfucker, I'm gonna kill you. Like, Yeah, I thought the, everything before killing the stripper was so drawn out. Mm-hmm. Um, him talking shit to Michael and then the the pervy ass owner who's trying to have sex with the stripper. Why was this in here? Who then grabs a gun and then walks walks Michael. up to him. He's like he's like 10 feet away. He could shoot him 10 times, but he decides to walk up to him and it's like, hey, uh-huh. I'm gonna shoot you. Uh see all that was crappy, but then the the stripper kill was really cool. The only thing that could have made that cooler was if she did survive and we get to see her later in the hospital, just like torn up. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely a intense kill. Yeah. I guess there's no confirmation that she's dead. She could be alive. She just kind of threw her off. She's going to yeah. be the, the next Lori Strode. She's going to have a lot of CTE, but <laughs> the one that got away again. Um, yeah. Any other notes about this section here at this, this part the Halloween party and, um, Oh, uh, Lori's hot friend, she goes off. She's at the Halloween party and then goes off with this wolf man. This is a really weird scene. A lot of, I don't know why it was written this way, but they go off mm-hmm. to the guy. He's like, oh, I've got a van. I've got beer and stuff. And he says specifically like, oh, I, I promise there's no roofies or anything. It's like, I don't, I don't know if Rob Zombie just, he's just trying to fill up space in the script or something. But so they yeah, go maybe back. it was another pressure thing where they told him it had to be an hour and 45. Or... <laughs> it's like, shit, I got to drag this out. Yeah. Um, so they go back to the van and then they're about to fuck. But then the wolf man says, oh, wait, I got to pee. Don't go anywhere. So he goes out and pees. And, and then uh, her, her slutty friend is like, oh, I didn't tell you that I wasn't into waterworks or something. <sighs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Whatever. It's a, you know, slasher movie. Sure, we'll take it. And then the guy goes out to pee. And then all of a sudden, Michael appears out of nowhere and kills him. And um, one thing I wanted to note about this part was throughout the movie, there's been a lot of weird slow-mo stuff. Like, especially when Mike's doing his killings. I don't know if you've noticed this, but. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like 20 seconds into the kill. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it'll start stuttering. He like shoots it at, you know, 10 frames per second or something. I think he's going for some dramatic effect, but it it just it makes no sense. It doesn't add anything to it. It's not dramatic at all. But he does this all throughout the movie. And then right here, I noticed this specifically when he the wolfman's standing there peeing and Michael just like stutters in and then whoosh, it's like it's, it's just really weird. Um, yeah, I didn't know that you could screw up slow-mo. Um, well, because what I think he's doing out. is it's like a camera technique where I, I think he's shooting it at like 
10, 12 frames per second or something, and then speeding up the footage. So it looks like he's moving faster, but it's like stuttery, jittery. It's, it's a weird effect. I can see it working in, in certain contexts, but not this one. I think he just rubs yeah. on me, just thinks he's cool. Um, and then he goes and kills that friend in the car. And this probably is my worst kill of the movie. Mm. Um, he just, it's so dull. He just breaks into the car, grabs her neck, and then just chokes her. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. He just chokes her. Nothing else. <clears throat> and it was just, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he was writing the script or something. And then halfway through, he's like, all right, so I'm at kill number 45. I've got to get to 70. I'm running out of ideas. So I'm just going to make Michael stab people a hundred times over and over and over. That's cool. That's cool, it right? So excessive. Every single person that he killed by stabbing, he just kept going and going and going and going and going. And it just didn't stop. And it didn't add anything. That's, that's my biggest thing. It's like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, have it if you're gonna do that have his mom standing behind him or something and saying like oh keep going like they're not yeah keep going like but it's just it just happens for no reason and i don't get why these kind of like little decisions are easy for us to come up with but then the directors never figure it out because that would have been perfect as if the mom was behind him Mm -hmm. and that's like the use of the ghost and white horse that we get right but yeah like the the very first brutality that he does against the nurse I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the film, it's like, oh my God, come on. Can we get yeah. through this? Like you lose any type of like significance, any type of uniqueness when you show it 15 times. And it's not special or different. Yeah. Um, I did skip, <laughs> we did kind of skip over a part where um, Loomis goes and does a book signing. And I don't know if you noticed this, uh, this interesting actor show up. Do you, do you know what I'm talking yeah, well, about? Who showed up? The guy who plays Haywire from Prison Break. You remember? Oh, shit. And he was like fucking crazy. It, it was like he just stepped straight from the script of Prison Break and into Halloween. <laughs> so I, I was thinking like, I don't know if this guy's actually crazy or something, but he plays crazy really, really well because he was like, oh yeah sign my book and can you sign it to uh like something dr death or some shit like it was so fucking weird yeah maybe it's another one of those things where they're friends or he came right off the set of prison break <laughs> or rob zombie really liked prison break and he's like hey where you're the best character you gotta be in my movie you are killed off unfairly <laughs> um so after killing one of Lori's friends at the party michael makes his way back to the bracket house and kills annie he like literally teleports because in one shot he's at the halloween party i don't know if the halloween party's right next door to the bracket house or something or if oh, he yeah, had to neighbors. Ca- catch a cab um did he go by helicopter but he just miraculously appears at the bracket house uh so he kills annie then laurie comes back to the house and sees the bloodshed gets her other friend killed and then runs out into the woods with mike slowly shambling after her he eventually catches Lori and brings her to some stanky-ass shed that is probably somebody's outhouse. Sheriff Brackett and his deputies surround the, how- the outhouse and call for Myers to release Lori, but get no response. <laughs> Stupid. 
And he's like, bro, I'm not coming out. What are you talking about? Y'all got guns. My hands up. <laughs> he's like, I'm holding a knife. I can't drop it. Like, what are you thinking? Stupid. Loomis sees this happen on TV and miraculously teleports to the also scene. Teleports. So They're him all and, neighbors. Him and Mike must have went to the same like magician school or something. They learn how to teleport places. Because <laughs> it's literally like the way it's shot. It, it seriously looks like the police surround the outhouse. Loomis sees it on TV. And then the police are in the exact same position. Nothing else has changed. Loomis appears at the scene. Like it's really bad editing. Um, so he, he teleports to the scene within seconds. Then he sneaks past the police barricade and enters the shed, attempting to atone for his blood money fortune by saving Lori. But Mike has other plans for him. So let's, let's dig into this a little bit. Cause so to, to start off, the reason why I wanted to know if she's a lesbian is because did you catch when she's like holding her body in the, the room and she keeps calling her baby. I didn't, I didn't think that was a lesbian thing. I think it was just more like, I don't know, my my friend, my baby. You know, I call you baby all the time, right? All right, well, it, it just seemed weird. <laughs> if I found you baby. dead in Slice Up, I'd be like, baby, no baby girl, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think it was that weird. All right, and then also going back to the them teleporting, like it, it did just seem like they, there was supposed to be 10 more minutes of like, um story and then they cut that out and so he forgot to like come up with more excuses for why he got there so fast yeah i I definitely think there was stuff cut out hopefully i'm putting faith in rob zombie that hopefully he realized script wise and shooting wise oh it looks like it'll feel like he just teleported there maybe not maybe this is exactly what he had in mind i don't know yeah um Oh, I think my least favorite kill might have been, it's similar to yours in the fact that when he kills their friend downstairs, mm-hmm. he kind of just chokes her as well. And it wasn't really... No, he, he doesn't choke Wait. her. He like, he like fucking WWE suplexes her onto a table oh, and shit. then does his 18,000 stab thing. Oh, okay. So fucking weird. Uh, what else do you think about this scene, though? Um... I so I actually kind of liked how um, he shot Mike killing uh, Annie. So one outside of the the stripper pulling off the mask, another you know single good scene in this movie is when Annie she's in the house doesn't know that Mike's there. She's in the bathroom, shuts the mirror, and you see Mike in the background. And I feel like most movies, most horror movies they like play some loud, scary music to make it like a jump scare or like zoom in on him to make it a jump scare. And they, Rob Zombie chose not to do that. So this, this is the one time when I feel like Rob Zombie showed some restraint and it, mm-hmm. it did good. Good job, Rob. Sometimes restraint is what you need. Uh-huh. So I, I feel like, I don't, I don't think there's any music playing in the background. You just see Annie standing there in the, um, in the bathroom. Mike's in the mirror. We see him, but she doesn't see him. And there's this like slow tension buildup to where after a couple moments, Mike's still there. Eventually Annie feels a presence and she slowly turns around and you see this look on her face like, oh shit, I'm, I'm dead. Uh-huh. And I thought that was, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Danielle Harris, I thought it was really good acting on her part. I feel like she's one of the better actors in this movie. 
Um, Cause I, I definitely got just from where the, the camera was her reaction to seeing slowly turning and seeing Mike, like in the first moment, it's, it's almost as if she thought she was hallucinating or something like she doesn't, you don't see fear. You don't see, you know, like anger, anxiety, anything. you just see kind of confusion and then it slowly turns into fear and realization. And I thought that was like really, really well done on her part. So props to you, uh, Danielle Harris, for doing something great in a shitty movie. Do you feel like there was way too much blood though with the, the bathroom? It yeah. looked like he painted the whole room. Yeah. So, you know, Mike with his, his you know, crazy antics, like we said in the, in the last film of him carving out the guy's head for the jack-o'-lantern, what he did was he sliced up Danielle Harris 18,000 times. Then he's like, la-di-da, dip my fingers in her blood. I'm going to smear it on the walls, take a paintbrush, flick it everywhere. <laughs> you know, Mike, it's just classic Mike. He's artistic. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to sell this in an art studio for thousands of dollars, guys. Don't worry about it. Come down. Um, yeah, but but I do like this the scene and how we don't see him killing Annie um, oh. until later when Laurie shows up and then we see like little snippets of it um, and see kind of like flashback mode of, of how he did it. Okay. I liked it. <clears throat> so to round it all out, uh... Myers then slashes Loomis a thousand times and then stabs him another thousand times just to make sure. Just checking. Uh, the police see this and then shoot Myers down with a sniper, causing him to fall back down onto various sharp tools that were there for like why. Death trap spikes and shit everywhere. Uh, as he falls down, Lori grabs his knife and repeatedly stabs Mike finally killing him. She exits the shed wearing Meyer's mask, looking ridiculous as hell, drops to her knees, and then pulls the mask off. We then see Lori sitting in what looks to be Smith's Grove Asylum, where she slowly tilts her head towards the camera and smiles as credits roll. So this last scene, the, the showdown, the you know, standoff in the outhouse shed, what are your feelings of this? Uh, I mean, it, it definitely felt rushed. Um, you know, them shooting him and then him falling back into the spike. It it was just kind of like a really quick death and ending. There wasn't really like a fight between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really think it was cheesy, her wearing the mask. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, but then she took it off. So she should have yeah, kept it on. Or again, that's where that. he should have cut and left uh open-ended like maybe there's a third one and then we could have explored more of that well i actually Uh, think going going back to talking about the different cuts of this movie if i remember correctly the cut i saw in theaters i don't think she took the mask off i think she she kept the mask on maybe maybe i'm wrong if if someone knows better um leave it in the comments but I, i think that's what happens like i'm not sure yeah, because then it felt weird. She just took it off and then snapped right over to her sitting in the insane asylum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this whole part with... Uh, I do like the confrontation between Loomis and Sheriff Brackett, where Sheriff Brackett, he's like, I'm, I really want to fucking kill you. Like, you got my daughter killed and you got Lori presumably killed. Um, and so Loomis is just like, I want to help. I'm, I'm here to, to make things right. And... 
um, he sneaks past their barricade and, and runs up to the shed. And um, what did you think about him running past the the cops? And you could kind of see it in the background of him, like that was it was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Unintended comedy, I think. Um, but then his actual showdown with with Michael Myers, I just feel like there was no payoff. Like it was just you got nothing out of it. He shows up, Michael, let her go. And then um, I think Mike's mom says like, oh, it's time to come home or something. And then just needlessly kills Loomis. Like there's nothing you get out of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I just think this entire movie, Loomis's character is just so wasted. It's you get nothing out of his character. You get nothing out of his death. His redemption of trying to go in and atone for his, his, you know, wrongdoings is just, there's no satisfaction out of it. I, f- I feel like for his entire character arc, if you can call it an arc, it's just mm-hmm. pointless. Yeah, I think if we would have drawn out anything, this would have been the time to do it. Mm-hmm. To give them an extra five minutes to go back and forth. Like maybe Michael actually comes to and he can like reason with him or like, mm-hmm. you know, them having to actually struggle. And then if they would have cut out some of the other brutalities, now would have been a good time to really amp it up and kill dr loomis um yeah well i I think again maybe i'm giving too much uh too much putting too much faith in the the director but there is a um there's a scene in the end of the halloween remake where they do have a showdown um him him and mike at the very end and michael almost kills him um, and then there's actually a another cut where Michael does kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought, like, if they're gonna, if he's doing this again, they're having another standoff. Do what you did last time, but do something different, make it better. And he just failed to do that entirely. Like, there's when we go back and watch the other one, you'll see what I mean. There's actually tension in that moment. Like when I first watched it, I was like, oh shit, I don't know if Loomis is gonna die or not. Like he, I actually believe he might die. Um, but then in this one you just there's no tension there's no like anything there's no feeling with this part with Loomis dying like I don't give a fuck like in the the end of the first the the first one the remake I actually would care if Loomis died in that moment like I actually had feelings towards the character in this one I'm just like yeah whatever just stab him 18,000 times like you do and he does of course (laughs) I just felt nothing and it's just such a waste yeah um yeah so that that wraps up the movie um any other things that we skipped over parts that we didn't get to talking about that you want to bring up i'm trying to pull it up right now to see um i guess some of my other notes that i had um just kind of going back to some of the like unnecessary crap that they put in this film was like the pervy paramedic the other paramedic who smokes a cigar for fun like who the hell? Wait, which guy? The the driver of the paramedics. He had like a cigar in his hand. Said he smokes it for fun. Yeah, like who just smokes cigars like in their free time like it's a cigarette? I feel like there's older people that do that. That's just weird. So uh, remind me, what was your, your uh, best kill? So mine was either the cow or... 
it was pretty straight to the point. <laughs> if that tells you anything about this movie, the cow in the first opening minutes of this movie getting hit by a car. Best. Kill. You know what? I might just lock in that answer. Let's I love it. Okay. What about worst kill? Uh, we well, could probably go with the pervy guy's death. Pervy guy. So where he cuts his head off. Open. Yeah, it was just like, what the hell? I think if we want to go for like best kill before things get weird, it's definitely the nurse because that's when he. Oh, when he just slices her mouth. Well, that and then he repeatedly stabs her over and over and over again, which I thought that was perfectly used for the beginning of the film. But then, but then it didn't stop. Yeah, it was just overplayed. Okay. Um, Oh, actually, that reminds me. One thing we haven't discussed about this movie is. This is the first time, and I think the only time, when we hear Michael Myers grunt and, like, snarl as he kills. Like, when we go back to the the remake, the 2007 one, you'll even notice, I'm pretty sure he doesn't make any noise in that one. And out of the entire franchise, this is the one where you, like, I don't know what this choice was. Um, I tried to find something on, like, Wikipedia. He's just trying to be different. But it's like, it's not consistent with his first movie. I don't know why all of a sudden now Michael makes noise. Like, does he have a lung problem? Does, does he have emphysema or something? He started smoking. He's a chain smoker and he has lung issues. Like, why is he grunting now? And doesn't he say, like, die at some point too when he's killing he someone? It's like, yeah. die! It, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I kind of like the grunting. Um, it adds almost like this human-ish element, but then at the same time, it's it's it just kind of feels out of place, especially him saying die. It just doesn't make any sense. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, especially because he's like this superhuman who has crazy strength, obviously high endurance. Like, I feel like there's no reason for him to be grunting because yeah, he runs cross he country, he does he sprints like <laughs> He's the world's strongest man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah, it, it was weird. an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um, this was also the most exposure we got of his face and him walking mm-hmm. around without a mask, which was also a weird choice because he like puts it on and off. Like he chooses to put the mask on, kill yeah. a couple people, takes it off, kills a couple people. It's like, what are you doing with the mask? Maybe maybe Rob Zombie's like, it's got to be more realistic. we got to stick to realism. Those masks get really hot and sweaty. Sometimes you got to take it off and he's got the big beard and stuff. And I take that mask off you. Who are you? <laughs> it would hurt. <laughs> For you. <laughs> that, that makes oh. me think of that, that video I sent you of the guy doing the whole monologue. <laughs> oh, my God. So fucking funny. <clears throat> um. All right, so wrapping up some thoughts here, why don't you give us your final opinions of the movie and then your uh, your rating? Oof. All right, well, I feel like my overall impressions were a little bit more lighthearted getting into it for you know my very first um, watching of the movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, did. I did get a little bit... I, I got tired of the gore towards the end, but I thought like... You know, coming from right off of Halloween 2018, I thought this was a really interesting change. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was pretty entertaining for the most part, like all the way through. Um, 
again, I love the, the heavy use of the gore and the brutalities while adding a new element of psychosis um, for like the first 40 minutes, let's say. Um, it definitely could have used a little bit less of the white horse crap, um, or at least used it in like a different direction like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I at least did think it was kind of like an interesting change in direction. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of gave that to him. I was like, all right, well, that's that's just your way of portraying this. So let's let's roll with it at least. Um, but overall, I thought it was pretty good. I thought you know it's it's definitely something you could just throw on. I would definitely recommend trying it out this way of doing number two first and then go watch number one because I thought it helped keep me interested. Um, not remembering like you know anything that happens in the first one, never even seeing the first one. So I thought it was pretty good. But you don't uh, feel like you missed out on anything, you know, crazy because you didn't see the first one yet, right? Nope. Yeah, I I, I do like that about the movie. Yeah. So overall, uh, I gave it a seven. Seven out of ten. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, you were way more generous than I was. I gave this movie a four out of ten. I before watching it this time. I think I held this movie in much better regards in my memory. Um, like oh, when, interesting. I, when I saw it in theaters, I was like, okay, this is a pretty unique take. It definitely didn't go the way that I thought it would. Um, and there's some really cool story elements here that I don't think we've seen before in the Halloween franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, seeing it in theaters for the first time, I was like, oh, not bad, pretty good. I probably would have give, given it a seven or so at the time. But then watching it this time, I just could not get past so much of this movie. Like, again, like, like we've said already, Rob Zombie knows no restraint. He often has something interesting. He will put something interesting in, but then he just shoves it down your throat, just beats it into the ground to the point where it's no longer interesting. Starting at the very beginning of this movie with the white horse thing, what a cool concept like i do like it remove the fucking title card like, <laughs> you, you don't need to literally spell it out for us well apparently they did since he had to add this later it just uh, like you we see the white horse enough in the movie we see his mother wearing white with a white horse with young mike throughout the film that's enough um i would have even you know cut some of that out intersperse it uh, more in like shorter spurts throughout the movie but like I, I do really appreciate him taking this like psychological aspect like you said I think that's what makes the movie stand out from the rest um, I think it's a very unique spin um, I, I like that it addresses kind of PTSD in this way similar to how Halloween 2018 did with with Laurie Strode and her suffering yeah. from PTSD um, and I, I do I think if the film was better made and better edited, we could definitely see it as a complete, like almost art housey type film where the entire thing is Laurie Strode. It was just her, Michael's dead and her, it was her doing all the killings, her just suffering from psychosis and PTSD and, and, you know, personality disorder. And I think that would have been a much better film if someone else had made it that knew how to do something like that. Like if Ari Aster stepped behind the camera and, and did it. Could have been way better. It's an interesting or, or concept. Or M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, except he would do some like twist ending where 
yeah, we think Laurie Strode was suffering from, you know, borderline personality disorder, disorder killing all these people, but actually it's Dr. Loomis dressed as Laurie oh, Strode or something. I was about to say it's Dr. <laughs> Loomis or someone. Yeah, it's Sheriff Brackett doing it. Um, so, so yeah, I think there's some interesting concepts. Rob Zombie just doesn't know how to handle these interesting concepts. I think he's like, he's like Michael Bay to where he's like, oh, I got this really cool idea. And then we're just going to add this, this, and this. And, oh, that's cool. I'm going to bring it all in. And then it just turns into a shithouse. Yeah. And um, the acting, like nothing was spectacular about the acting outside of a couple moments by Daniel Harris. Um, I thought were really well done. Um, I thought the the sheriff guy was a pretty crappy actor. He was okay. I, I didn't mind he's, him. Um, he's just trying way too hard with some of those scenes. Yeah. He, he was going for the, the Razzie. He was trying to get the, uh, the Razzie award. Um, yeah, nothing to call home about story rise or acting or, like I said, cinematography. It was pretty dimly lit. Nothing, nothing looked really clean. Nothing looked spectacular. Um, a lot so, of... Hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, if you, so if you stripped all that away and kind of went back to your first theatrical viewing, does your score go up at all? For the the um, the ratings that we have, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, I think when I first saw it, I was just like, okay, I like this interesting take. I thought it was going to be something different, and it ended up not being. And I, I like this psychological aspect that they pull into the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I still thought, you know, some of most of the deaths were forgettable, and a lot of stuff wasn't that exciting and not scary. Um, but I think I gave him more, more props in my memory just for that twist. But now having seen, you know, lots of horror movies, having seen very good ones and very bad ones, this movie is not a horror movie. There's like one or two shots in it where, okay, I could see this being kind of scary, especially if you got the music turned up, <clears throat> you're seeing it on big screen in the theaters, there can be some horrific moments, but for the most part, it's just like, it's just like watching a Saw movie. It's just all about the violence. It's all about the gore. And it, you reach a point where it's no longer scary. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's due to, to Rob Zombie's lack of restraint and his obsession with showing too much. Like, it, it must be some type of fantasy thing for him. He must get off by it. Like, it's not <laughs> scary. And the kills were so uninspired in this one after seeing some of the, you know, pretty fun, pretty exciting kills in Halloween 2018, this is such a step down. And yeah. I don't remember much of the kills from, from the 2007 one, but I hope it's better than this. So fingers crossed. Um, yeah, so my, my best, score? best kill was the stripper. My worst kill was the, the hot friend in the car. Um, and four out of 10 is, is my overall. That's, that's all I'm going to give it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's all I've got to say about it. It's it's a passable one. If it comes on TV, like like you mentioned, you know, if it's in the background, you're doing something else. Sure, it's fine. Um, but this is not something that I would sit down and be like, "Hey, let's watch Halloween too." Like, no, no, not the not the original one. Yeah, no, it's and maybe that's one of the reasons why this is one that I don't own. <laughs> I own almost all of them, but not this one. Um, oh, interesting fact about that. So some of the times that we watch these movies, um, Kenny and I, we have to rent them from a service. 
And we both, in fact, happened to be watching last night. And so he kicked me off of my version. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were watching it at the time. <laughs> Wait, you can't, so I, so you can't view on two different devices? No, it's so stupid. <laughs> Wait, so when did you watch it? So I got, I got 45 minutes through last night. And then uh. this morning I had to finish it. <laughs> I thought... I was so confused by that because you told me much earlier in the day that you rented this. I was like, oh, he's probably watching it right now. And then when I went to watch it, it was on Voodoo. When I went to watch it, it said 45 minutes. I was like, oh, weird. Did you like go back to look at a scene or something? So I'm like, okay, I'll start from the beginning. <laughs> and you didn't even, you didn't text me to tell me or anything. No, I was like, oh, well, I guess that's it for me. <laughs> uh, damn. So you got up way early today to finish that, huh? Oh, yeah, it was fine, though, because I took Allison to work. Hmm. Wait, why'd you take it to work? What's wrong with your car? We only have one car. Oh, because you don't have the, your truck anymore? I do, but I'm going to drive the car today. Hmm. Um, yeah. All right, uh, well, that's I think that's it. it. Yeah, this is a uh, one you can skip. Or but, don't. Or if you're... Yeah. If you're fresh to the series, maybe you want to pop in and start with this one like I did. Yeah, and then maybe things get better. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, well, that's all I got for now. Um, anything else you want to add in? No, that's pretty much it. Go check out our other movie. Hopefully you're watching uh, the Halloween 2018 before you watch this one and you're going through with us backwards in reverse. So <laughs> Review in reverse. One. Yeah, watch it on YouTube. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Podbean, wherever else you can find us. Yeah. Uh, leave a like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, we need some things. more subscribers. Um, our let's see, let me see what our views are at for for the Halloween 2018 review. Um, Shout out to India, you're our biggest fans. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a lot of views from India. Surprisingly, our our <laughs> Blade review for whatever reason, 211,000 views. I don't nice. know why. Um, and then our previous Halloween reviews at 19 views, um, which is pretty good for, for just being posted for a day. And uh, yeah, if, uh, if you ever have the time, I really like YouTube videos and podcasts where I can sit down and just, you know, walking the dogs, doing laundry, whatever, doing chores. And I can just listen to something consistently in the background and not have to play another episode and find another episode. And so our reviews are a little on the longer side, but I think it's good for that. Or like the morning commute, you just plug it in, listen, have a good time and um, subscribe to us, uh, like the videos, leave a comment. Um, it means a lot. And eventually if we get to a point where we can start doing some monetization, if we do a Patreon or something, we will put out more content more consistently um, we will sell out very quickly. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Disney <laughs> makes an offer. <laughs> Spotify. Yeah. Um, but yeah, until next time, thanks for tuning in. Stay scary. And of course, stay sexy. That's right. On August 28th, evil is here. It's walking amongst us. Michael is more evolved. Rob Zombie.